to the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast with your host, Nick Bat. The Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. And Bruce Nolan. Yo, brethren, what up with thee? Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. And along with me, as always, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. That's right. And here we are. We are on the road. Going over to meet the extended family on this, our seventh date. Leaving our homestead of Northeast Ohio, returning back to the homeland of Western New York. Excited to put on some pounds? Yeah. I, you know, I actually, over the last seven or eight months, I've been counting my calories and doing things. I didn't realize I was preparing for this weekend when I did it, but but now, now I realize I actually was. I have a feeling the... The judgmental teeth marks that will be left on my body from the expansion of my gut <laughs> over the weekend will be the lasting memories I think I have of this trip. Yeah, it's definitely going to be memorable. I think memorable is the most diplomatic way to describe what we are about to experience. Yeah, yeah, I'd say memorable is probably good. But I, uh, I got, I put on my uniform. I put on the official Bills Mafia uniform today. I'm wearing 26 shirts. Especially for our first guest. I'm wearing the Kyle shirt. You, you have 26 shirts. Merchandise on the top. What's on the bottom? Cargo shorts. I'm doing it. It's this is for you, Dell. Our first guest, who we will be interacting with here in a few hours from now, is none other than Mr. Dell Reed from 26 Shirts. And I don't, I don't know that I'm familiar with the cargo shorts thing. So, Dell is a card-carrying cargo shorts member. You see, people may mock us, and people may try to drag us down. The man tries to hold the cargo short-wearing people down, try to make us subservient to them. But we know truly that the utility of cargo shorts cannot be matched. And truly, we will stand up against the face of peer pressure and declare loudly with one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not finish without a fight. Is this the Independence Day yeah. speech? <laughs> it's the Bill Pullman <laughs> Independence Day speech. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not finish without a fight. I once, so I once worked at a summer camp, and we had walkie-talkies like the staff did, and we would you know radio each other whenever kids were moving from one activity to the next or whatever. And I, when the first day I got my walkie-talkie, I thought it would be a nice thing to do a little, you know, social uh, social relationship building amongst the staff oh, by no. having some inside jokes back and forth on the walkie-talkie. And so, what I did is I said, I got on the I got on the walkie-talkie. I said, "Pop quiz, everybody name your favorite fictional U.S. president." I'll start. Bill Pullman. No one else can take the best. And the next thing that came over the walkie-talkie was, Nick, walkie-talkies for business only. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to have some fun, and that's why you ended up as a podcaster, because hey. they wouldn't let you use the walkie-talkie for fun. Yep. And now you're a podcaster. Full of sound bites. Absolutely. 
Look Are what you, you did, you little jerk. Well, our first trip with Dell, once we get to 26 shirts, we're going to check out none other than Jim's Steakout. A Buffalo fast food regional staple with cheese steaks, which is something that I think you have a, an affinity for. Yes, I cheesesteaks top five favorite foods for me of all time and also reminds me of home so as I may have mentioned before I was born on the west side of Philadelphia so I am the fresh prince of Bill's Mafia in West Philadelphia born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days and because of that I'm in a unique position to be able to judge cheesesteaks because much like Buffalo has that whole Duff's Anchor Bar tourist concept but people from buffalo always tell me that neither of those has the best wings in buffalo they do not philadelphia has the same thing they have pats and genos for the cheesesteaks and neither one of those most people will tell you has the best cheesesteak and i am a huge cheesesteak guy we have a um a cheesesteak chain in cleveland actually that is a replicating the philadelphia cheesesteaks now and they're the guy who owns that chain is a friend of mine and so we try and hit that up as much as we possibly can. Well, I guess then whenever people make the trek from Buffalo to Cleveland later this season for the Cleveland Bills game, you're gonna people are gonna have to DM you. For oh where, yeah, I'll where, hook you up, dude. For where they should go for the best cheese steak in Cleveland. But, I'll hook you up. Well, when it talks when we talk about Jim's Steakout, they do have a traditional cheese steak, which I sent you a photo of whenever we were planning this, when I said, like, the kinds of places that we would be going in order to coax you into agreeing to do this food pod. I sent you a picture of a cheesesteak from Jim's, and your response was, I want that in my body right now. I'm a huge cheesesteak fan. So cheeseburgers are my favorite food of all time. My second favorite food of all time is cheesesteaks. All right. Well, Jim's has a true, unique buffalo sandwich called a stinger sub and it is sort of like buffalo's take on a cheesesteak gonna leave it to be mysterious until we get there and you can read the menu description yourself but that's what's coming up for you fine listeners as we connect with dell and then we are going to head over to jim's stakeout and dell is going to escort us through the truth of a stinger sub from jim's i'm ready and we'll be right back after this so here we are, everybody. We are at our first location. Welcome back to the Nick and Nolan Show. This is Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T, along with me as always. Bruce Nolan. A very terrified Bruce <laughs> Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. We are on the Jim's Stakeout on Main in Buffalo. If you can't tell from the beautiful audio ambiance behind us. Yeah, the echo is real here. And our dear friend, Del Reed is joining us for this meal, and he is ordering the food at the counter, so Bruce doesn't even know what is on a stinger. No. Hasn't even, didn't even look at the menu when we came in. Went straight to the restroom, washed his hands, and now we're sitting at a booth away from the menu and the counter, and he's going to He's going to be surprised here in a minute. It will be delivered to me sans marketing, That's which right. is interesting. No marketing effect. No pictures. No, oh, that sounds good. Nothing. It will be delivered to me as God intended without <laughs> human being intervention. <laughs> uh, yes, very much so. So we are very excited to have Dell join us. Bruce is wearing, again, 
the appropriate Del Reed outfit. Absolutely. So, so Del, here I am. Here you are. Is there like a, a warning? Is there a preface? Is there like an FBI warning that goes before the stinger that I need to be aware, aware of? National award-winning sub. It is a national award-winning sub. What? What? Now, okay, that begs the question: What award did it win? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> They're very unspecific. <laughs> Was this an honorable mention award? Was it the quickest to send you to the bathroom award? What was the... Probably a bit of both. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so is Jim's Steakhouse like a regional chain? Steakout. Oh, Jim, oh Jim's Steakout. Jim's Steakout. Yeah. Is it a regional chain? Is it a... As far as I know, it's just Buffalo. Um, there's one on Elmwood. See, the best thing about Jim's is, um, or what it's known mostly for is like... 3 a.m., 4 a.m. visits after, you know, a night at the bar or something. Okay. Um, although, you know, you can, they're open 24-7, most of the locations, but um, they've really, in the past 10 or 15 years, really kind of expanded their reach. Like, they started opening up different, you know, stakeouts in, in the suburbs and stuff. They've really kind of, like, built it up a little bit. But, yeah, so as far as I know, it's a Buffalo-only thing. But if anybody is listening to this who works for Jim's Steakout or something and is, like, pulling their hair out, like, no, we're in all these other places, too, well, then I apologize. But I think it's just <laughs> Buffalo. Okay. So how many of them? Are those, is it three or four, or is it, like, 10 or 12? Like, I, how significant a penetration rate are we talking about? Somewhere in between there, I think. Somewhere right? in between 4 and 12. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Excellent. Del, what was your first Jim's Steakout memory? That's a good question. I don't know. They've just, they've just always been around in my Did you have it a lot when you were a kid? Not when I was a kid. Maybe when I, more when I was a teenager, college, you know. Um, there's one on Elmwood, which I, I think is the first one ever. Elmwood's like the main, it's called Elmwood Strip, or now it's called the Elmwood Village, but whatever. Um, it's pretty really, hip now. It's pretty hip. It's always, it's always been hip. It's always been really eclectic and everything, or eccentric, or whatever. One of those words. Maybe both of them. I don't know. Um, and so I think that was the first time I ever had gyms, but I can't tell you what it was that I had. Um, Del, can you give us a, a quick history rundown on 26 shirts? I, so my my understanding and like awareness of you was first on Twitter and through the t-shirt designs that were being shared and you championing them and then the causes that they benefit. And then as time went on, I understood that you were like one of the founders of Bill's Mafia. And then basically ever since then, you're, you're, you're a Buffalo celebrity. I mean, I don't know if you'd be comfortable with that, but can you give us like a rundown of what this experience has been like with you? Um, if I'm a celebrity, I'm a Z-list celebrity. I mean, sure, whatever, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so when the whole Bill's Mafia thing took off in 2011, I really felt like it was important for me to do something positive with the um, the audience that I had that was growing, um, just because I was making Bill's jokes. Um, and so, I, you know, we tried a couple different things. We did different fundraisers and, you know... Um, just different ways I, I could think of to leverage this audience I had to help raise money for charity. And um, after a couple of years of trying a couple of different things, landed on the whole idea of selling t-shirts to help families in need. And that was probably about two years into the whole Bill's Mafia thing. So I had this idea to, to help people through shirts. I've always been a t-shirt honk. You know, I, I remember uh, being in elementary school yelling back and forth with my mom how she wanted me to wear something nice and I only ever wanted to wear t-shirts. Were you, were you a sneaker guy too? No, I've never been a sneaker guy. In fact, I think right now I'm wearing like canvas Crocs. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll be buried in these. These are the best shoes I've ever worn. So does that mean that canvas Crocs are now the official shoe of 
Bill's Mafia because I, I tried to get the uniforms today. I, I had a 26 shirt. Mm-hmm. I had cargo shorts and everything. But I, I re- we really need you to weigh in on Buffalo fashion. We need you to weigh in on whether or not Crocs are now the official shoes of Bill's Mafia. Because you're the trendsetter here. We, we need you to tell us think, what to do. I think I probably burned through a lot of my political capital or my social media capital if I started saying, yeah, Crocs are it. <laughs> you notice I was very specific. I said canvas Crocs, not those normal Crocs. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, in terms of anything official, I think there's plenty of Bill's fans out there who'd be like, heck no, I'm not wearing any cargo shorts or I'm not wearing whatever. But I, they're, they're, I guess they're my official brand. I can say that. I love my cargos and I love. Um, these shoes but. what about Zubaz and starter jackets if you have to ask the question are you a Bills fan <laughs> I, <I'm confused. laughs> I think we're going to do the un, uh, the unveiling of the stinger alright let's do this I'm ready I'm ready to get hurt again we got like a whole ASMR thing going on here with the unwrapping <laughs> of the, you know, the, the bag and everything alright oh we got a lot of sandwiches here alright so here's the stinger okay Wait, real quick. Do you have any guesses as to what it's what it means? Well, I am. Uh, You've guessed something guessed, several times. I've guessed it was a chicken finger sub. Okay. Many times. Like, and he keeps telling me no, but I'm not sure if he's lying to me. So it's not fully a chicken finger sub. <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean fully a chicken finger Well, it's, it's a, what's, that, what's that called? They take two words and put together. Is that a malaprop? Is that what that is? Or is that Amalgamation. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Abomination, maybe. Abomination, yeah. I am. Opening it up. Okay, it's got <laughs> it's got buffalo sauce on it. I know that. All right. I can smell it. It's got lettuce and tomato. It's got mayonnaise. It's on some sort of roll. Just for the record, for anybody listening, I coached them towards blue cheese. They went with mayonnaise. <laughs> it's fine. It's got meat on it, and it's got buffalo chicken. It is. It is part cheese steak, part buffalo chicken sub. A Okay, that's where the stuff comes from. First bite in. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh. It's awesome. Oh, awesome. Okay, I was just thinking awesome or awful. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, go on. Tell us more about this experience. Okay, so the bread kind of reminds me of one of the things I really liked is um, Jimmy John's has really good bread, right? It's really dense and it feels like Jimmy John's stored bread. The French baguette. Mm-hmm. One of the things I hate about a lot of buffalo chicken subs and buffalo chicken sandwiches is that they're so saucy. They just fall apart, right? And they just, it's just dripping. And that's not the case here. It's, it's, I'm still able to grab it. I'm still able to, to eat it and get that buffalo chicken, but it's not all I'm getting. It's responsibly dressed. Mm-hmm. Much like cargo shorts mm. and canvas crocs. Absolutely responsible. 100%. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm here for this. <laughs> See, for me, the thing is, you get into the meat. You see that very predictable, like, chip, like, I don't know, um, thinly sliced beef texture. Mm-hmm. And flavor, and then you just get this like buffalo sauce vinegary taste that just cuts right through everything. It's got a real texture thing going on too mm-hmm. between the steak and the crunchy, you know, fried chicken finger. Yeah, I think without it, it would almost be like a a uniform, more mushy sort of texture mm-hmm. to it. 
but you get that little pop of the flavor and you get the pop of the texture all together and it works. Give me another pop in about four hours. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so for your money, best wings in Buffalo. There are several great wing places in Buffalo, and the, the, it's kind of funny how often people want to just say, oh, oh this is the best one, this is the best one. Um, I'm a big fan of Gabriel's Gate on Allen Street. Mm -hmm. uh, Duff's is pretty terrific. If you if you end up going to Duff's while you're here, you got to go to the one on Sheridan and Millersport. I guess it's an old roadhouse from like way back in the day before any of that area was even really developed. And now it's just a dive. But there's just something about that place. It's, it's like a big dining hall, and um, it's a dump. It has like wood paneling on the walls, if I, if I remember correctly. It's been a, probably a year or two since I've been there. But it's just terrific. You gotta get the medium hot wings. Make sure you get uh, an order of fries. Nobody ever talks about how good Duff's French fries are. They're so good. Get the fries, and you can use the fries once you know the wings to like sop up all of the, the sauce at the bottom of the bowl. It's, Okay, so in front of me right now. Now this is a traditional cheesesteak. All right, now I'm a cheesesteak guy. You know that. Cheesesteak guy. Now, yes, you are a cheesesteak guy. Let's go ahead. We'll do half and half on that too. Okay. So, I am unraveling my cheesesteak now. It does have an appropriate amount of juice. Joe, when you come here, do you ever get anything other than the stinger? No. <laughs> just anybody? I mean, is stinger like the thing? And there's just a, a big gap to everything else? I mean, a lot of places serve a stinger, but I believe it's it's from here. I believe so. It's terrific. I mean, there's a, I may have gotten something once ever, but it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like Lloyd at the Taco Factory on Hurl. They have a, it's called a Dirty South, which is basically a chicken and waffles burrito. It's the most amazing thing on their menu. And every time I go there, I get that. One time I went there and I got something else that I want to be different. And I would, the whole time I was just like, I just oh, I got a dirty self. So I literally went back the next day and got a dirty self. So just, I'm sorry. Hold, hold, please. Did you just say chicken and waffles burrito? Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, that, that's probably not even fair to call it that, but that's basically what it is. So it's got fried chicken, maple syrup. It's got like this maple type aioli sauce, or maybe I might confuse you with something else. But it's, it's just, it's sick. It's, it's so like good. literally the greatest hangover food in the history of mankind. It's pre, post, during, it's the best anytime. So let's get some cheesesteak feedback here. All right. So, one of the things people consistently get wrong with cheesesteaks is. The steak should not be separate from peppers and onions and cheese. It should be one gigantic amalgamation that is put onto the bun together after being cooked together, griddled together, placed together. Mm -hmm. And they get that right here. They get that right. I will say that using the same bread for this as they use for the stinger probably may be a mistake. Probably need something a little sturdier for this. Because thankfully, it has not soaked through, which would always be a problem for me if it soaked through and I really messy. If I have to eat it with a fork, what's the point? But I'd like to see a little sturdier bread. However, the beef 
onion cheese ratio is perfect and is really good. This is a darn good cheesesteak. People in Philly would be happy to have a cheesesteak that was like this. High praise, high praise. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. You guys have been to Philly, I assume, and had two sticks and everything. He was on the west side of Philly. That's where he was born. So, what's your, uh, are you, uh, are you Pats or Genos? Neither. Neither? If I have to take one, I'll take Pats. Okay. But, <clears throat> there's a, there's a cheesesteak play cost off of 134th. That his name is escaping me right now. And that's, that's my cheesesteak place. I haven't been back in. 11 years I went to I went to Philly for a conference like two or three years in a row when I worked at Roswell and there was one place I think ironically I think it was called Jim's I want to say I could be totally getting these street names wrong I seem to be thinking like 6th and South or something like that it was not near Pat and Gino's but it was um, it was pretty great I mean obviously it's not a secret they had pictures of like all these celebrities on the wall who had visited and everything but it was pretty great it's legit Oh yeah, yeah. I think Jim's. I don't know why it doesn't get the same play as like Mighty Taco. I think it's right there. I gotta agree. I would love to agree further, but my mouth is full. <laughs> All right, so Dell, I got a couple questions for you. Is your smashing part two of your stinger? We'll work through it. It's fine. <laughs> so we we chatted briefly off air about how you've had a lot of opportunities to interact with some some cool Buffalo personalities, athletes and stuff. Who was somebody that, that you got to interact with? And, I, and there's no shade for anybody you don't mention here, but who was somebody that you interacted with that um, was 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 really cool for you? Uh, Thurman Thomas. Yeah? Thurman Thomas. Um, I mean, he's one of many, because I mean, I've not really had a bad experience up to this point when it comes to dealing with, you know, different players and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, some experiences are, are better than others, but Thurman Thomas by Andre's really cool, too. Thurman's awesome, though. I mean, like, the first shirt we ever did with Thurman, he actually had us come out to his house, and we did a photo shoot, like, right there on his back deck. No way! Yeah, and ironically, it was on, it was on my birthday. I mean, that... <laughs> Thurman didn't Happy know birthday, Joe. Yeah. But Thurman didn't know that. Was, was there a cake there, too? There, was, there was not. There was was, it, was it actually a surprise party for you? Yeah, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> you know, uh, so it didn't, like, um, it was kind of weird how that played out. But like, that was the one day he was available. I'm like, all right, we're doing it that day, you know? Um, it was just really cool, though. I mean, super nice guy, super down to earth. Um, it, it, it's true with, you know, a lot a lot of the players have had the opportunity to work with. Um Daryl Talley, he's awesome. His wife Janine is awesome. Um, but it's kind—it's of, kind of cool, and it's two different. It's like two different realms for me. There's the players that I watched growing up because I'm—I'm 43, so there's definitely two different eras that I, I kind of span here. So the '90s Bills, working with them, it's kind of like a semi-surreal thing. But then working with the current players, it's like, dude, when I graduated high school, you were like an elementary school. Winner. So I think there's not that quite that, that awe factor. Yeah. Um, but Jordan Porter, we just worked with him a few months back. He was really cool to work with. Really good guy. Uh, I know Richie Incognito is kind of um, a uh, polarizing figure, but that we did a shirt with him. Uh, 
a couple years ago, and that nobody, nobody has promoted the, their shirt campaign on Twitter the way he did when we were raising money for that foundation. He even came out to, because we timed it well when we did that shirt for that foundation, um, so that, it, that we were selling it at the same time as the, their annual fundraiser was going on. He actually came out to the fundraiser, he brought Colton Schmidt with him, and introduced Colton to everybody as his assistant. This is my, <laughs> this is my assistant, Colton. And Colton just like played along, and it was kind of funny. Um, so Richie was really awesome to work with. Like he was, on, he was on Twitter every day just hammering it, telling people to buy the shirt and everything. Um, and not to sound like, this is gonna sound totally like whatever, but there's been so many at this point, it's hard to like nail down some of them. It's just been really cool. And you know, another one is um, Reed Ferguson, the Bill's Long Snapper. You know, bottle cap, bottle cap challenge. Yesterday. You know, um, he, he's an awesome, really down to earth guy. Really fun to talk to. Um, he hung out with us the whole, pretty much the whole time we were doing the um, packing the backpacks for Poncho, like a month or two ago, or whatever it was. Um, dude was just awesome. You could hang out with him anytime. Yeah. So I have another question about kind of living in that world. I think for fans who don't get the opportunity to interact with players on any kind of meaningful way, we get a certain kind of, I don't know how else to describe it other than like an aesthetic distance. Like whenever you're watching a movie or watching a play, you get to see the characters and you don't have to interact with it. And it allows us to be, you know, I don't know, like gives us like the courage to be critical, you know what I mean? Or to, or to you know, be frustrated when they make a mistake or whatever. Does it make it complicated at all, or does it change your experience as a fan interacting with the players who are on the teams that you root for anyways? That's a great question, and nobody's ever asked you that. It does. It does feel a little weird sometimes. Not not bad weird, but there's definitely that, that, that breakdown of the fourth wall, or however you want to put it, you know? So that, like, you, re you realize that these are, and people don't realize it. Yeah, okay, they're on, they're on some kind of platform, whether it's... Um, playing a game, playing a sport, being in a being in a movie or something like that, like all the different ways that you know people find you know, celebrity finds their way into people's finds its way into people's lives. So you do remember very quickly when you're watching the game that that's a real person. Yeah. That's a real human with real emotions who Like you know what his laugh sounds like. You know what like yeah. what his personality is. You know what I mean? Like like Jordan or Reed or anybody. There's else. a human base level of emotion there. That's it's like it's like it's like your neighbor. It's different when it's your neighbor yeah. than when it's just some guy on a screen. And so to that point, I mean, I often like I live tweet games like just because I have to have that outlet just to put out one-liners and stuff like that. But I am, you know, very you know conscious of what I say about the players on the field because I mean, you watch game day, people are like, oh, you know, f this guy or this this clown or blah blah blah. And I, I'm, I'm I don't do that as often. I mean, I'll still put out criticism, but I'm not, I don't. I don't probably get through stinging yeah but um i mean you can't it, it would be hard. real people you know what i mean it's just like this kind of like a jerk thing that once you know once you realize that once you have that mental ascent that you realize that that's just another person you know so i, I you can you could say that that might harm some of my 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 ability to look at things objectively but i think it actually helps it if that makes sense no, and, and, and we really sh it gives you the perspective that really we all should really probably have at the end because it's so easy like nick mentioned the aesthetic distance that we have when these people are just human beings performing for our entertainment on a television it allows us to say things we would never say if they were our neighbor which begs the question if you wouldn't say it if they were your neighbor then why are you saying it at all right one thing that really struck me is before bill's mafia even took off i've been on twitter for like ever 
Demetrius Bell used to play for the Bills. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point, the Bills were in a bad place. They, they, they were on a losing streak. You know, Bell had had a bunch of false starts in that game or something like that. Somebody tweeted directly something at him about, and I don't know if you know his story, like his father was, his father was Carl Malone, but never had a relationship with his father. Yeah. Somebody tweeted something like about his dad not being active in his life or something like that. Because the guy had some false starts, you know, or whatever it was. And I remember Bell actually retweeting, like, he was like, F you and my father. And I was like, that, you know, like, actually, like, your heart kind of breaks when you think about people who don't have a parent growing up. And now this guy's achieved, you know, this level. And he's got people giving him a hard time about it. Like, that was, to me, like, that was the, the, the worst trolling of a player I've ever seen because he, he hit him right in, like, the... Right where it hurts. Right where it hurts, right. And that just that, like I said, that was even before I had a chance to meet anybody. I mean, we, just be a good human. I don't know. Anytime you're talking about sports, you know, it, it, what's so interesting sometimes to me is that we will call people bums, clowns, anything like that. And sometimes it's 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 intentionally, you know, juvenile because we're not trying to we're not calling them an MF or whatever. But we're trying to we're trying to not be, you know, super harsh. But when you think about how you feel the same way about characters and TV shows or movies or anything like that, those people are doing their job, and if they're, it might be their job to be the bum. It might be their job to be the bad guy or the loser or whatever. These guys are all literally trying to do their absolute best. You know what I mean? They're, they're trying their absolute best to win for you and their teammates and the city that they represent. And... I don't know. It's one of the things that I think is Bruce and I don't get a ton of opportunity, but you know we, we've had the opportunity even to this point to interact with you in this way, to direct message with with other guys who are journalists that we've been following for years that you know have to to me even some you know some level of celebrity if that's not the right word I, I can't the other one escapes me and you know those people all of a sudden become normal and human. You know, even in, even to that small degree, and I I can't imagine what it would be like when you get the opportunity to interact with players. It, it has to be that you know to to an extent on steroids. One quick clarification too: like, I'm real quick to, to criticize players on other teams, though. <laughs> 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 like like uh, there's a, there's this weird line in my head, and I don't know where it is exactly because I think it changes. But um, at the same time, like I'm still gonna like. No, I don't really at players that much. Even in, in praise, really, I, I don't. Because I think it's just kind of weird. Like if somebody was, I don't know. But so there, there's a big part of, that goes back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, just in terms of like how you discuss players on Twitter, I think matters. Um, my, my biggest, my big, like, I'm not really big, a big pet peeve guy, but I do have one pet peeve. It's like, I know how to use Twitter, right? If I put out a tweet that says, Man, um, let me try to think about somebody like uh, I don't know Baker Mayfield or whoever. Just pull a name out of hat. Man, Baker Mayfield's a, a real bum. I can't believe he did that. You know, like we say, use the word bum, but like I can't believe he would do that. That's so dumb. You know. And then somebody replies back with, "Yeah, at Baker Mayfield." Do you know what I mean? Like so they they mentioned him. But to me, that is like the most annoying thing. It's like, bro, I know how to compose a tweet. You know what I mean? I intentionally didn't mention the player because I'm not talking to the player. I'm, I'm talking, talking about, the about the player. You know, stuff like that. Or, or, you know, 
that's probably a poor example the way I'm phrasing it, but that's the biggest thing. It's like well, when people slide into the mentions and they you're you're, atten- you're intentionally not mentioning the player because maybe you don't want it to be in his head. Like he shouldn't have to work. I mean, I would not mention the player maybe because I don't want the player to really care that much what I think. Well, that's well, that's part of it too. You know what I mean? Like one thing. Um, Back in September, the whole thing with Fitz, when you know Fitz Magic came out, and all of a sudden, it turns out that Minka Fitzpatrick had also um, had, had, applied for the had, trademark. Applied for the trademark, which right. I think was the. He's like, well, people can call me this in high school. Like, bro, they were using, they were calling Fitzpatrick, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic before you were in high school. Like, nobody can see me moving my hand right now. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> brakes. Um, so I, I, I started calling him Fakes Patrick. Every Ooh. time, like, you know, I don't care, whatever. And then people, he never responded or anything. But then people were like, yeah, that's so dumb, at Make a Fitzpatrick, whatever his, his Twitter handle is, I don't know. Stuff like that. It's like, I don't know. There's Maybe it's just playing with fire and it's going to happen, you know. Or people people want to get that response. Right, but they it's, want the it's like, bro, compose your own tweet. Right. Yeah, if you want to do that, but, like, I don't know. I've gone way too far down this rabbit trail, but, like, <laughs> but, this, but that's just, you know, something that kind of annoys me. Well, I think it's something that you start thinking about more and more whenever you the opportunity to meet people face to face too, right? I mean, keyboard, keyboard courage and all that. Whenever you have no interaction, I mean, you're a guy who's probably in a lot of a lot of players' phones, and if somebody else wanted to reach out to you, they probably could. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's a yeah, a little bit different. So, whenever, when did 26 shirts become full time for you? Um, Almost exactly four years ago. It was August 2015. What were you doing professionally before that? I worked for Roswell Park. I was a web developer there from 2001 until when I left. I was managing the web team at that point. Um, and our department merged with another department. Funny enough, you don't need two managers mm. in one department. Huh. So Never heard that. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so... Uh, it was a great experience. Like, and I have no ill will towards Roswell at all. At all, I, I love it there. I love everybody that works there. Um, and it was so. It was actually, you know, God's timing. It just worked out so perfectly because that's when, right when Twenty Six Shirts was able to actually support a full time employee, you know, like me, and um, it just worked out perfectly. But so yeah, so um, that's what I was doing before. That. I was a web developer. Gotcha. Is there anything that you would want to say? about the work that 26 Shirts does. You know, I could say, like, you do all this meaningful charity work that you're helping families in need, you help these foundations, you move the needle, you make a significant difference. And I'm sure that that on its own is admirable and would would everybody would give merit to that, right? I mean, anybody who I think would have the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. would, would pursue it and participate. Is there anything else that goes on that, that you know makes a difference for you or the people that you work with behind the scenes with what you're doing that um, plays a role you know on a daily basis for you or anything? Oh, that's a really open-ended question. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that you know doing good work and helping people—that's, I mean, that's that's good. <laughs> that's good stuff, dude. I'm li- I'm living the dream to be. I mean, like seriously, this is. I didn't know it was my dream job, but this is really my dream job. You know, um, like I mentioned before, I've been wearing, you know, fighting with my mom to wear t-shirts to school every single day since I was a kid, right? My wife used to, you know, you have, you own way too many shirts, t-shirts, you know, I see something, I, like, I have to have that, you know? 
Um, so the key to that is if anybody listening whose wife or husband or whoever, significant other, is giving them a hard time about owning too many t-shirts, just open up a t-shirt company. Yeah. Like you're supposed to, at that point, you're supposed to have a lot of t-shirts. So how many t-shirts do you have? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I have now Rubbermaid bins up in the attic. Like I said, I've kept every single one of every single Buffalo shirt we've done to date. And like it's, there's bins up in the attic. Yeah. So, um, when the yeah. apocalypse hits, I know where I'm going to make sure that we're, my my, yeah, my people are close. You're, you're a size large. Yes. So I got you covered. I'm good. Yeah, just All drive right. to Buffalo or walk to Buffalo. I don't know how the apocalypse is going to shake out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I got you covered. Um, but, you know, one, one thing that is a huge difference maker for us, uh, we have a, a lot of repeat customers. We have a lot of people who, who you know, there's, there's one couple I'm thinking of in Florida who I think they buy every shirt we put out. Like every Buffalo shirt, I think, I'm pretty sure they buy every single volume shirt, every single special edition, the comebacks. And that is such, I don't even know what they do with them. They only got like two torsos, you know what I mean? Like they can wear two shirts at one time, you know what I mean, between the two of them. But um, it's such a huge encouragement to me, to, to, for these customers that keep coming back. Because, you know, I get a lot of credit for all this 26 year stuff. When really, like, I could put all the designs out there in the world, like, you know, up online that I want, but if people don't buy them, if people don't believe in the idea, then nothing happens. And, and so, really, and it sounds like, uh, um, like patronizing, but I really, really feel this way. Like, every person that buys a shirt deserves just as much credit as, as, as I get, because, you know, that person, those people are the engine that make this whole thing go. Well, don't, I mean, don't sell yourself too short. I mean, I know, I know you're a man of faith, right? So this is, for you, this is not a job. This is, this is, this is a calling. This, it, is a, this is a mission. It absolutely is a calling. Like, not to sound too dramatic or whatever, no, but I, like, I truly believe that this is, I'm not gonna get all like super spiritual or whatever, but like, I truly believe that this is like the divinely appointed thing that I'm doing. And it could end tomorrow, you know, because like that's all in God's hands. And I don't think of myself as anything special, just somebody who is willing to, um, use my time and my talents to help other people. And however that shakes out in the future, however it shakes out for the rest of the day, you know, that's up to God. But um, this is, you know, something I don't take for granted. It is a blessing to be able to do this. And I'm super grateful and thankful and, you know, I feel privileged that I'm able to, to do this for a living. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Why don't you, can, is there something going on at 26 Shirts right now that we can plug for you? Okay, our next, okay, right now we're selling a shirt. It's, uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Shark Girl, mm -hmm. but if you get the opportunity to go down to Canal Side mm -hmm. at all, there's a Shark Girl sculpture there. She's probably been there about four or five years now. Okay. And um, it's a big, you know, it's like a must-do selfie kind of thing, you know, really crazy contemporary art thing that, you know, down there. Um, we had the opportunity to work with Casey, uh, I think it's Riordan, I don't know how to pronounce it. And um, she designed a special shirt just for us. Oh, nice. Of Shark Girl doing the Josh Allen leap. That's and, awesome. And uh, so it's called Shark Girl Trusting the Process. Because I was going to call it Sharking the Jump. But, ah. But uh, she said, well, all of my artwork really has like a, a Shark Girl as this or Shark Girl doing that. And so I said, all right, well, let's do like Shark Girl Trusting the Process. And she's like, that's amazing. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't really come up with it. I just took the thing that every sense put on Shark Girl. But, um, so that's helping an 18 year old kid who had brain tumors removed um, that ended up taking his eyesight. 
So he's blind. He's got like the new normal, as his mom describes it. Um, and so, and Casey was pretty awesome. She actually, every contributing artist, we give them a dollar for every shirt sold. So she said, I'm going to forego that and just pass that on to Thomas, who's the kid we're helping. So every shirt is actually results in a $9 donation as opposed to an $8 donation, which is awesome, you know, for Casey to have done that. Um, so I can plug that. And real quick, the next shirt we have coming out, if the schedule holds true, because everything's always fluid, but um, you mentioned that how you're meeting with the new ESPN beat reporter. The previous beat reporter, fan favorite Mike Rodak, <laughs> actually modeled the next shirt for us. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it, dude, he's such an awesome guy. Like I know, like everybody hates him. He's a really cool guy. Like if you ever run into him, like if you're in Alabama, now I think it's really. If you're in Alabama, you run into Mike Rodak. Like talk to him for a few minutes. He's he's a really great guy. Um, Guys, you heard that. Del Reed just said Mike Rodak is awesome. If I, listen, if that doesn't sway the public meter in his favor, I don't know what. It would. doesn't. I've been saying it for five years. It does not sway. <laughs> <laughs> but it, what's funny too is like Mike. Mike kind of knows like what to expect. You know when you know he said he and when he first announced that he was leaving. He says the first wave of tweets is all like, "Hey, good job," you know, "Congratulations on the you know all this stuff." He says, but after a while, like it returned to the. You know the norm, and people were telling me like, "Don't let the door hit me on the way out." And stuff. But, um, but anyway, so he modeled the next shirt for us, and he was—it it was actually a really fun photo shoot. And people will understand why when they see it. It was—you know—he posed for some very um, funny photos that I think were very. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Appropriate. Uh, well, for, well, yeah, they were definitely appropriate. They were not inappropriate. No. <laughs> That's, 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 not, that's not what I meant. This is why Rodak is no longer here. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Shoot. Inappropriate photo shoots. Got him. No. Um, it was... Uh, Some people are thinking that you did them a service. Which is yeah, exactly what we're trying to go so against. Maybe self-effacing is the word I'm not using. Kind of like, you know, he didn't... He kind of kind of, kind of pokes fun at himself a little bit. So um, you'll see that when, when they come out. But um, awesome guy, great guy. So that, that shirt comes out... Um, a week from this coming Monday. Okay. We, I will ask you one other question. I would imagine that you get a decent amount of interaction with the families who benefit from the yes. shows. Yes. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's heavy stuff. I mean, um, you know, I, people in the medical field and people who do emergency response and stuff like that, they get the privilege sometimes to serve people who are you need, you know, need help or in a bad way. And I think that you get that opportunity as well in a totally unique way to provide, you know, some financial support to them. Um, how do you, how do you hold up under all that? So it's a really good question. Cause I, I always tell people that, um, we have some really fun designs, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, you get to involve players. It's a really cool thing, but at the center of everything is a lot of heartbreak. Um, if, you know, in the first year, year and a half, we were doing it. Um, it was like I got like really like I don't want to say involved, but I got to know the families really well. And then for a while there, um, I started like really affecting me like emotionally and, and stuff. Um, and, and so for then for a while, I was kind of like trying to keep those families at arm's distance. Yeah, I don't think I was. I don't think I was really doing it like consciously, but I realized I was putting up this this wall. You know what I mean? Where it was almost like. I don't want to say a business transaction. That's that's the wrong term to use. But I was just trying to keep it like super professional, right? You know, and then I just realized, you know, as time went on, that I, w I was kind of like I realized I was starting to forget why 
we do this, why I do this, you know, and and so I've just I've, over the past year or so, I've really kind of just like opened up my heart again. Um, and you know, what, if I get you know if I get heartbroken or whatever, then that's fine. Who am I? Like these families, what they're dealing with? Like, what, I'm the guy who's coordinating a T-shirt fundraiser, and I, I'm afraid to get close to these situations. People are living in these situations, and and so um, I really you know as much as you know every family or every beneficiary is is open to it. I try to have like really you know heartfelt conversations with them and everything you know and it's uh it does wear you down after a while but you know what like you said before you know i'm a man of faith and you know i'm able to i believe you know tap into that faith and it keeps me it keeps giving me energy and all that and um but it, yeah it, it, it can be tough sometimes but then on the other side of it we did it we've done shirts for people and then they ended up you know beating cancer and how awesome is it that you got to know them and then, they're, then they're on the, you have to like join them on that journey, you know. And to, so to be able to see that, and like one little girl, Naya Ricks, we did a show for her like four years ago. Now she's like participating in like dance competitions, like across like I don't you know they're like travel hockey teams. I think she's like on some travel dance team or something. I don't know. But seeing her like her mom post pictures of her like oh now she's in Cleveland now she's here now she's doing these different things. It's awesome. And so I'm glad I got to to know them. I'm glad I got to like expose myself to them. You're supposed to feel right. You're yeah. supposed to feel right. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I, I say this on, on, on Twitter a lot, but like, you only live once. You only live once. So just like, open up your heart. Just let you know, let yourself experience everything that life wants to have you experience. And you're gonna get burned, and that's part of being alive. So um, it's not like really like philosophical. I apologize, but like, um, that's you know, that's just. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta really live through the whole life experience. Thing, you know what I mean. And if you try to protect yourself, if you try to, you know, keep everything at arm's length, then you, you're the one that misses out. So, I don't know. what do you think of the Bills? You love um, them. I, I'm looking forward to to the season. I think this is probably the most hype. That's and that says something too because Bills fans the team can go 0-16 the year before and the majority of people on Twitter are like this is the year you know but like this is probably the most hyped the team has been in several years even more so than last year after they made the playoffs the year before um, I, I think there's a lot of optimism among Bills fans I've got a lot of optimism because of Josh Allen because of Josh Allen yeah and what's funny is and I'll, I'll own it you know um, I was not super thrilled when they drafted him I don't think any. I don't think any of us at this table were. No, I know it's. Uh, but you know, you, you let things play out. But what, what I started telling myself was, all right, Brandon Bean and uh, Sean McDermott have a lot more to lose with this pick than I do. I just lose a couple years if, he's, if he doesn't pan out. They lose their jobs. So they believe in him. All right, let's 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 see where it goes. And. It's so exciting to see, you know, especially the second half when he came back from that injury, because that Packers game was frustrating. But um, when he came back from that injury, it, it seemed like every, the game had slowed down for him a little bit. Um, also, he runs a lot. <laughs> I don't know how much of that he's going to get away with this year. But I think there's a lot of excitement. You know, they, they definitely are putting the onus on him. Like they, When you look at the team that they've assembled around him in this offseason, how can you not be excited to at least see how it pans out? You know, Bruce likes to say they're isolating the variable. Isolating the variable. Yeah, absolutely. that's a great way to put it. You know what I mean? Like, all right, buddy, like we've given you all these tools to work with. If you can't make it happen, then it's on you. 
That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's that whole. We, we want to make sure that we know if the offense goes crappy this year, we want to make sure we know whose fault it is. Mm-hmm. So same offensive coordinator, better offensive line, better weapons. Okay, great. Now if it, if it go, falls flat on its face, now it's you. Yep. Now we don't have to worry about developing a quarterback when we're also trying to develop everything else at the same time. Yeah. But it's time to put up or shut up because you look at the teams that have hit, aside from the Patriots, <laughs> that seem to have had like recent success, you know, it's those quarterbacks on those rookie deals that they're able to pay all these guys around him what they need. And then, you know, you look at what happened like with, with Seattle, then they had to pay Russell Wilson, and, you know, eventually parts start to, to fall off. So who's the next bill who gets an extension? Oh, that's probably the Sean McCoy. <laughs> Don't joke about that, Dell. That is not funny. <laughs> um, I, I have, that's a good question. I maybe. I don't want to say Zay Jones because they they now have like 17 wide receivers. That might not be an exaggeration. They have like so many wide receivers on the team. It's, just, it's that number is in the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I don't. That's a good question. I don't know who gets the next extension. Maybe depending on how um, the offensive line goes. Maybe somebody like Dawkins. I don't know. Like, are you got a lot of guys on one year deals on the line? A lot of guys. Are you in the pro extend Jordan Poyer, give him a lot of money? Camp and do it, there's, and do it before his deals. Yeah, up. there seems to be a, a growing groundswell grassroots movement. Yeah, you're on Twitter, you should see that all the time. Yeah, actually, I've, I've not seen that. Oh, but, okay. um, but it's a really great question. Um, I, I, I mean, you, you can't argue with the fact that he and Micah Hyde, like, what a tandem they are, like, and it's especially when you compare how, how poorly Poyer's paid. I mean, he came on as a four-year, $13 million contract. See, I wasn't even worried. I knew he's, his number was like... He's the 33rd paid safety in the NFL right now. Wow. When there's, 33rd. There's 33rd. There's, 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 so what, there's 64 starters and he's the 33rd paid. Wow. Well, they're definitely going to have to do something about that. You know, I mean, I don't know in terms of... I'm so bad at guessing salaries. You know, that's not something that really has ever really interested me. Like, there's some people on Twitter who are like, oh, yeah, I project this to be a five years, you know, 18 million, blah, blah, and then they get, like, almost on the head. You know, it's amazing. For me, I'm like, I don't know. How much can you pay him? And then the <laughs> other dudes. And, like, we can keep trying to win football games. I don't know. You can buy two shirts for 20. So, <laughs> how many? I can only, I can talk in increments of T-shirts. Yeah, how many T-shirts <laughs> is Jordan Poyer worth? <laughs> How many next level 3600s is he? Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. All right, Del. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to come and chat with us and introduce Bruce to the Stinger. We're done? That's it? That was awesome. That's it. Awesome. Thank you so much for, like, including me. Luckily, he liked it, so we're going to let everybody walk out of here live. (laughs) And uh, hopefully we can, you know, chat up with you again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you for having me. Reaching out and wanting to do this. This is awesome. Great way to spend a Friday afternoon. There you go. Hopefully you can go home after this, but I doubt it. Uh, not so much. <laughs> not so yeah. much. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Bruce and myself and Dell. You know, Bruce obviously liked the stinger, and it's always fun to see somebody's reaction whenever they're interacting with a new food, especially something as unique as the Stinger. I think what's really meaningful and what I hope you guys enjoyed about that conversation, though, was hearing how someone like Dell, who has found a way to do such meaningful work for his Buffalo neighbors 
involve the Buffalo Bills, a team that we all love, and navigate his interaction with players and still being a fan. I hope that that was enlightening and interesting to you because it certainly was for us. Dell is absolutely the kind of guy who embodies everything that is good about Bill's Mafia, and it was our absolute privilege to get to eat with him and spend some time and hang out with him and become friends with him. Make sure to go over to 26shirts.com and check out everything that Dell has going on over there. You can help him support Thomas, the young man that he talked about, who's lost his eyesight due to a brain tumor and the related medical procedures. Coming up in the coming days, we are going to drop another episode of the food tour. And the next one on the docket is where we got pizza from Leonardi's Pizzeria with Matt Perino from NewYorkUpstate.com. Hoping to have that out here the next couple of days. We're still working through all the audio, so there's going to be a handful of episodes that are coming. But we hope that you like what we're doing. And if you like what we're doing, if you are interested in what Nick and Nolan do for Buffalo Rumblings, please head over to the iTunes store. Give us the appropriate amount of stars based on what kind of job you think that we're doing. Hopefully it's four or five, but we appreciate your feedback and we appreciate hearing from you guys. It motivates Bruce and I, and it helps us know what we ought to keep doing to bring good content to you guys here on Buffalo Rumblings from the Nick and Nolan Show. Hit us up on Twitter as always. You can find me at NickBat, N-I-C-K-B-A-T. You can find Bruce at Bruce Exclusive. And as always... Until next time. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. <laughs>